Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, August 19th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Middle East states are looking at a windfall over the next several years. U.S. retail earnings were out this week. What do they say about consumer spending habits? Inflation has not hit consumer spending as hard as it has hit consumer sentiment. And our journalists are busy reading hundreds of books, one of which will be the FT's Business Book of the Year. We'll tell you about the long list. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Middle East states are looking at a windfall of more than a trillion dollars in additional oil revenues over the next few years. That's according to the International Monetary Fund. And that's thanks to high energy prices driven by Russia's war in Ukraine. That extra revenue will turbocharge the region's sovereign wealth funds, including Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. These funds have plowed money into global stocks and other investments. In recent years, many have focused on sectors like tech and healthcare, both for the returns and to develop new industries that will make the region's economies less dependent on energy. Many of the biggest U.S. retailers reported mixed earnings this week. Walmart and Lowe's did better than expected. Home Depot reported its highest quarterly sales and earnings on record. But Target missed expectations and Kohl's cut its guidance for the rest of the year. I'm joined now by the FT's Andrew Edgecliff-Johnson, who's got more to say on all this. Hey, Edge. Hi, Mark. All right, let's start with the retailers who had good news to report this week. What did they say about why they're doing better than expected? What we found out this week is that inflation is not affecting all Americans equally. It is definitely true that the lowest income families are struggling to find room in their budgets after they fill up their cars and they fill up their grocery baskets. But Middle-income families and even wealthier families are often trading down to shops like Walmart and Target from higher-end shops that they would have gone to before. So it's balancing out quite well for those stores. All right. What about the Targets and the Kohl's? Why aren't they doing so well? Target, frankly, misread the inventory they would need. It's been an incredibly confusing picture for all retailers, trying to understand where consumer spending would be right now, trying to understand what they should actually be ordering at a time when supply chains are still pretty much all over the place. But some of these retailers, particularly Target, ended up just with the wrong stock on its shelves. The issue with Kohl's, which has some bearing on both Target and Walmart, is that the category where Americans really are pulling back their spending is apparel. So if you're heavily dependent on clothing, that is a very unpredictable market right now. And that is one area where a lot of Americans are budgeting as they try to find more room in their budgets, not just for gasoline, for petrol and for food, but also for the stuff they want to do after two and a half years of a pandemic, like going to restaurants and traveling. I see. So all in all, what's the takeaway from this week's earnings reports? Is there one? I think the big takeaway is that inflation has not hit consumer spending as hard as it has hit consumer sentiment. We've seen very ugly pictures from consumer sentiment surveys recently, but actually most Americans are managing to carry on spending pretty much as before. I think some of the concerns about 
the potential severity of a recession if we are heading into one, or indeed the potential likelihood of a recession, have come off a bit in the last few days. Andrew Edgecliff Johnson is the FT's U.S. business editor. It's August, a time for vacation, for beaches, and beach reading. Dozens of FT journalists have been poring over stacks of business books as part of the selection process for the annual FT Business Book of the Year Award. More than 600 entries came in, and our senior business writer, Andrew Hill, joins us now to talk about the long list of 15. Hey, Andrew. Hi there. So, Andrew, what were the common themes that emerged this year in the in the books that were submitted? Clearly, we're in the middle of a, of a world of interest rate rises, inflation, tight labor markets, and then the whole geopolitical and environmental crises that have converged on us um, in, the, in the sort of latter stage still of the, of the pandemic. And a lot of the books tackle that, not directly necessarily, but we've got lots of heavyweight histories this year. We've got Brad DeLong's book, Slouching Towards Utopia, which is a sort of economic history of the long 20th century, as he defines it. We've got Gary Gerstle's The Rise and Fall of the Neoliberal Order, which looks at the way in which, you know, the, the New Left and the uh, uh, and Reagan and others unleashed the sort of power of capitalism, but also some of the consequences we're now living through. And we've got Helen Thompson's book, Disorder, uh, which is directly about some of the things that exploded this year uh, in Ukraine. And then we've got a a cluster of books about sort of big corporate situations. Um, Bill Cohen uh, with his book about uh, General Electric. I mean, that's a sort of flavor of some of the big themes. Andrew, were there any books or writers who surprised you? I was personally pretty struck by Guy Vince's book, Nomad Century. I think it's unique in this year's lineup. First of all, it's the one book directly about climate change, which is obviously a vital issue on the minds of all businesses. Essentially, what she's painting is this bleak picture of the encroaching disaster. She takes the view that the climate emergency, as she terms it, has has reached a point that it can't be reversed in the short term. And therefore, there are going to be large parts of the world that become unlivable, essentially. And she points to the fact that although this is a disaster, we can prepare for it by migrating, essentially by getting ready for a grand migration northwards to the northern part of the northern hemisphere and and some of the southern part of the southern hemisphere. And this is something that we could, if we have a united effort of politicians, businesses uh, and society, uh, that we could make provision for. And as a result, over a generation or two, when the technology catches up and we're able to cool the rest of the globe, we can prepare then for those people who've migrated to move back to the areas that they deserted. So it's a radical, radical vision. Um, as I say, not a not a not a very uh, positive one in the short term, um, but one that I found just very starkly revealing of something I hadn't thought through. Um, the the way in which you could turn potentially mi- migration to uh, the benefit of the globe. Andrew, another theme in the news this year has been supply chains. They've become so incredibly disrupted by the pandemic and then the war in Ukraine. Two books about supply chains made it onto the long list this year. Can you talk about them? Yeah, that's right. There's a couple in particular. Um, One is on the sort of general question of um, how we've ended up with this sort of dangerous growth of powerful middlemen 
and long supply chains. This is direct by Catherine Judge. Uh, And she goes into detail about the rise of the middleman economy, as she calls it. Um, And this includes not just extended supply chains for manufacturers, um, but also banks, retailers, even real estate agents, all the intermediaries who get in the way. Uh, And she um, makes a case for a return to a sort of more direct exchange system, which which she says would improve accountability and resilience. And then there's a second book, Chip War by Chris Miller, which is very much on the specifics of the semiconductor supply chain and just how complex that is and how vital uh, to a lot of the digital and electrical products and services we use. That was a great snapshot of uh, all the great business books out there, Andrew. And as a reminder to listeners, the FT Business Book of the Year shortlist is out next month. We were just talking about the long list. And then the winner will be announced December 5th. Andrew Hill is the FT's senior business writer. Thanks so much for this, Andrew. Thank you. Before we go, U.S. scientists say they've discovered a way to destroy these things called forever chemicals. These are ubiquitous chemicals that have been used for decades in industrial and consumer products, everything from firefighting foam to nonstick cooking pans. They've been seen as indestructible, and they accumulate in the environment, posing serious health concerns. But yesterday, in a paper published in the journal Science, researchers from UCLA and Northwestern said they've developed a cheap and low-energy process that breaks down two of the most important classes of these compounds and turns them into harmless organic molecules. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from Joanna Gao, Gregory Meyer, Michael Lello, David Da Silva, and Gavin Kalman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc., Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.